Hello everyone, I'm Missy Wiles and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention, from social issues to popular culture. We'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Now, as we're approaching the end of September, it's about time I bring you a roundup of some of the news stories from Taiwan to keep everyone in the loop. And for that, I am joined by the wonderful Michelle Chan. Hey, everybody. Now, let's get straight into the first story then. <laughs> um, so the first story is relating to the new mental health support program that the government launched last month. Now, this program gives 15 to 30-year-olds access to free psychological consultation. Now, the new update from September is that the health ministry has added further subsidies to cover 16,000 more people after seeing the program be so successful. Now it was originally launched on August the 1st and this extra funding gives it another uh, 78 million new Taiwan dollars or 2.4 million US dollars. In total that brings it to 5.3 million US dollars which is amazing news. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, and we talk about these kind of resources being so available to young people. I think it's a really great step in the right direction. But Absolutely. I think when I was growing up and stuff. I think, I mean, I, I think it's definitely, it's gotten better for sure. And in the UK, we do have like a national health insurance. So we can access like free therapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. The issue there is, is that the waiting lists are oh, just no. forever and ever. So the reality of the situation is, is that people aren't able to get that therapy like when they need it and they have to just wait too long and sometimes time is really you know it it matters if you are uh in in the middle of suffering so for sure for sure i grew up in the u.s and Mm. in 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 part in taiwan as well and to be like really candid the u.s is health system just is just garbage i'm sorry i'm just gonna straight (laughs) up say it come at me but but uh honestly it depends on your parents if you're a young person uh their health insurance coverage and then if you are fortunate enough to have really, really decent coverage, it's the same situation where the wait time is really long. Mm. But the vast majority of people don't have access to mental health care at all. Yeah. And in Taiwan, when I was a teenager here, it was almost never talked about. It was t- kind of a taboo subject to be mentally ill in any way whatsoever. Yeah, because so, that, well, that's what I was really interested about was, you know, you've had time when you were younger, both in mm-hmm. the US and in Taiwan. Yeah. And I was wondering whether that those experiences were different in terms of how people talked about mental health it was was no one really talking about it in both countries or mm. was there different approaches i guess it's always it was always kind of talked about in the u.s it's um it had a lot less stigma attached to it uh, as a young person in the united states but in taiwan the stigma was unbelievable it would be a pretty severe loss of face for the family for them to admit that there was mm. a member who was suffering from mental illness mm. and even as far as the even something that's not so related like learning disabilities like if somebody was dyslexic right they would not acknowledge the fact that you actually have a learning disability and and then be able to provide resources for that instead they would just deny it altogether yeah. so mental illness has faced that kind of treatment or here in taiwan for a very long time so this program that the government is rolling out which provides free not just making it available, but providing it for free, mental health care is, is really great. It's yeah, you bring up a really good point there about the kind of like learning disabilities as well, because 
in the UK when we were doing exams, they had so many things put in place to make sure that if you had a learning disability, you would get extra time in your exams. You would get to use a computer to write your to write right. your essay papers. You'd get all this kind of stuff. And um, I haven't, great. I'm yet to come across this kind of stuff here. I, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I've definitely, I mean, I have asked around a bit and it seems that it's not as accessible like that kind of kind of stuff i mean there are programs now in place to provide additional you know assistance Mm. uh teachers are now able to be specially trained to handle people or students or provide those resources for students with learning disabilities it's really coming from the family perspective and whether the parents are willing to acknowledge that their child may not be you know neurotypical and require these extra resources so i think the first step is to is to acknowledge that that's perfectly fine and normal and once you understand that this is a normal thing that many people have then then you can begin to address that issue and then provide resources for the individual to do well Mm, yeah definitely i think as well i actually interviewed on the last episode of hot staff this amazing girl called Catherine. she's like a young advocate for mental health awareness and anti-bullying but she was saying that she was despite the government doing this she was concerned that actually she didn't think that many people would actually be accessing it because there is such a stigma around right. it like therapy and stuff and she's very open about how amazing therapy is mm-hmm. and that everyone should do it but there she was worried that you know it wouldn't be access but i guess in some ways you know the fact that they have added this extra funding to it means that i mean it's you know it means in, that people are using the program yeah which, which is, is a good sign it's an excellent sign yeah i did see a statistic interestingly though that the proportion of females using it then compared to men yeah. is um higher that's another i guess interesting point in that i guess something that we've come across in the uk a lot is that when it comes to kind of like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and men being afraid to talk about their feelings and kind of being closed off about it that carries over into this culture as well yes yeah yeah, yeah. definitely a thing and you i mean you went to an international school in taiwan mm-hmm. taipei american school if you yeah. don't mind me sharing oh by all means <laughs> and so you've also got kind of a school in taiwan which is i guess westernized uh, yes yeah did you think that had any more support than maybe you would have known from other people I mean, elsewhere in other schools? Absolutely. Because it's a very, it's a westernized school. And uh, a lot of people would say, you know, oh, it's, it's an elite school that then they would, they actually had counselors in place that would be paying very close attention to the students. Mm. Um, in fact, we didn't go to see the counselor for just the mandatory stuff like, you know, college applications or something, but we would go to see them regularly for just a check-in, mm. um, which is really phenomenal uh, when it comes to, you know, having those resources available for student-aged people. Yeah. I haven't been back in a long time, guys. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a spring chicken, so it's... A... You would never know. I'd like to, I'd like to say you would never know. Oh, thank you. The biggest shock ever of my life was finding out michelle's age Uh (laughs) but i can only imagine that resources have become more plentiful in that school particularly i mean i'd like to i'd love to see a similar initiative like this that the government are taking in the uk or just really addressing services for young people in in the mental health space because it's it's a real it's a real big problem in in the uk it's a real big problem everywhere and especially for for young people because 
if you are on on the young side and you learn to take care of your your own mental health mm. as a younger person then those habits and the ability to feel like you can share your own troubles and problems uh, will carry through for the rest of your life. Yeah. It is an excellent um, building block. To, Just like foundation. Yeah, for, foundation for, for a healthy life. life. Yeah. yeah, I think as well post-COVID, I think people were forced to oh, no. confront like you know <laughs> yeah. stuff that they hadn't confronted before, being alone, being in your own space for you know a prolonged period of you time can't run away right having to deal with stuff i think i've noticed actually in that the post-pandemic times i do think people are more kind of open i think they've had to deal with yeah. a lot of stuff and yeah. and it has helped things in a long time i think you know even the last couple of years therapy what i felt about it and I think from like friends, family, whatever was that it was still something that I felt like afraid mm-hmm. to access. Like I still felt felt stigmatized. Yeah. It still felt whatever. Whereas post pandemic, yeah, I've seen a lot more people being like, even you no, know, everyone should do therapy. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter you know even if you don't if you're not diagnosed with anxiety or depression or anything no like therapy just, is still for you right it's a great way to just check in and, and make sure that everything is on the level yeah so. so i think positive change for sure absolutely and our second story of the day then is about Taiwan's minimum wage being increased. The cabinet have approved a raise of about 4%. So that will bring the minimum wage to 27,470 NTV, which is the equivalent of 862 USD per month and 183 NTD per hour, which is 5.74 US dollars Per hour. I'm sure people in the US will be thinking that's a very low salary still. <laughs> um, and it is. It is. This raise will take effect on January 1st, so from the start of next year. And it is actually the eighth consecutive year that the minimum wage has been raised under the administration. It, yeah. It's great that it's being raised, but it's still low. It's still low. I mean, people who live in, say, the UK or the US are going to see these numbers and think that they're extra low but you do also have to take into consideration that the standard of living in taiwan is substantially lower as well it is so you can still go to a restaurant maybe not in taipei city but you can still go to a restaurant in various other towns around the island and eat and be full for like somewhere between 50 to 70 nt dollars which is like two two u.s yeah, Ish. no, I mean, Taipei, Taipei living mm-hmm. is definitely the most expensive. Yeah. I think a lot of people shell out money on rent, but it's still so much cheaper than London. Oh, dude, <laughs> seriously. I think we, I was paying uh, 1500 for maybe about 600 square feet, 1500 US dollars for 600, for, uh, 600 square feet in the US. Wow. And that is a lot of money compared to the equivalent space in Taiwan. Yep. So it's, it's just, it's very different. Yeah. It is still fairly low. But I think a lot, if this is like, just like the mental health story, it is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think so. I guess the concerns are with if you dramatically raise the minimum wage, then I guess, you know, inflation things and everything else will start getting Then you have business expensive. owners griping about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, but because it's something that I was being curious about re- more and more recently is that 
Taiwan's economy is so developed, very successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, the chip industry and everything. And I was like, how do people not get paid more? How are people still on such low wages? That's a really good question. They, when, you know, the economy is doing well. I think the way the, the, the wealth gap here is also really substantial. Yes. Um, when we look at average numbers, right, it doesn't actually reflect entirely how much the people at the upper range, upper end of the range are really mm. doing. So chip manufacturers and, and people working in STEM industries yes. do make more, although, as I mentioned before, not as much as people who work in the same industry in places like the US or the UK. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I read actually an interesting thing as well in that the reason why Taiwan's economy is good and the reason why people want to do business here and whatever that the success of that is actually reliant on low labor costs and because it's a lot of small medium-sized businesses and the way that they stay competitive is by having those low costs in labor oh yeah yeah so i mean it's a really double-bladed dub- sword double-edged sword yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> why did i say double-bladed that by the way that'd be really cool if we had a sword with two blades on it for yeah. a second. <laughs> um and actually i didn't know this but president Tsai had actually in her campaign she'd promised to raise the wage to thirty thousand ntd which is like 940 us dollars before the end of her term so we're yet to see that but it's gonna be i mean it is being a point of debate among the upcoming 2024 presidential candidates so the Guomingdang candidate Yi recently announced his proposal to raise the minimum wage to 33,000 if he was elected oh. which is 1035 usd mm-hmm. i think the thing with uh campaign promises it's always kind of they don't always they don't always deliver they don't always deliver in fact i feel like they more for the not but it does sound great for people for voters right potential voters yeah Yeah. and you've been in taiwan for a while now yeah my first job here was in high school and i remember being paid 90 and dollars an hour which is three (gasps) dollars an hour yeah at a a, a little pub i was a waitress at a pub wow i would not recommend that job (laughs) to anyone because you know yeah (laughs) and have you ever been put off by um taiwan's low salaries like did you ever think about moving back to the u.s because of this reason well um my history with taiwan is uh, i didn't bounce around that much so when i moved back here in 2009 i was i was actually just doing volunteer work with the taiwan spca and uh, because obviously being an NGO that's just getting on its feet, it didn't have the ability to pay very well. Mm. So it was um, not really of a concern. And then I actually took a teaching job after that uh, when I did start to need a little bit more cash because that was the only job that provided wages that I was, I guess, comparing with the U.S., yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaching here pays at minimum maybe roughly $20 an hour. And oh, that's just for the that's just for teaching. There mm. is obviously outside of classroom, you know, out of classroom work. So yeah. And when you were teaching, were you teaching in like a bushiban or oh, a yeah. school? I was definitely doing a bushiban. So I, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot of the appeal, I guess, for people who aren't from Taiwan or from like foreigners mm-hmm. around is that 
the teaching jobs they do pay well oh so, yeah that's a great way to to kind of go on a working vacation come here to taiwan it's really it's, it does count as high pay for um, yeah. someone who can't read or write the language here. i know i've i've um shared so. i when i when i because i've also done a mm-hmm. dabbled in the booshiba <laughs> when i told my taiwanese boyfriend like about like the salaries that people get in booshiba he was like what the hell like i know right <laughs> but the i mean the downside of that is that there's positives and negatives it's yeah. not a t- it's not like a nine to five job and it's not filmed by every single hour so you might Correct. only have like 15 hours a week mm-hmm. or up to 20 so obviously the more hours you do the more you get paid the more you get paid yeah but no one tells you how exhausting it is it i was is. i was drained compared to a <laughs> nine to five like an office job where you're just yeah. sitting at a desk teaching is absolutely energy sucking it just it just takes it away yeah. from you because you are at the at the front of a classroom and you have to maintain their attention dancing around like a monkey basically <laughs> <laughs> being entertainment mm-hmm. but also clown. teaching yes yeah. absolutely so i really is energy intensive respect to all the teachers out there props no, guys props props <laughs> yeah and what about your other friends here be it taiwanese or expats have the points of salaries been of concern to them and their reason for being in taiwan is well, this something you've ever talked about absolutely um there have been friends of mine who have tried to break out of the teaching or want Mm -hmm. to move to taiwan but they don't want to teach and then the salary is definitely of concern because outside of something like the the bushiban industry there's not really then you wind up paid thirty thousand a month for uh whatever that is or less Mm -hmm. so it definitely is of concern yeah and also visa wise it's actually hard to get a job unless it's a big company mm, they it's won't hard. process your arc yeah they won't right. sponsor your visa yeah so it, it is a challenge and i think it, it's a it is a real shame because i mean even just on the visa point people want to be here people want to stay longer yeah but the government makes it really quite hard yes. to stay and to do anything that isn't teaching if they wanted to do like i don't know like work in a bar or something yeah they won't sponsor the visa it's basically impossible i mean what i found really weird is that taiwan really does seek you know to to better its economy as every country does yeah but it is near impossible to naturalize into this country like for you to get an actual taiwanese citizenship and be able to vote and everything like that when you're when you start off not a taiwanese citizen or not related to immediate family who is uh you can't get a citizenship short of being a national hero oh yeah yeah it's very strange i mean even if you marry into a a taiwanese family that spousal visa is a spousal visa and god forbid you get a divorce you have like two weeks to get out (gasps) of the country no way yeah they read there's really no support regardless of how long you've lived here really Mm -hmm. oh goodness i know it's it's very strange wow so you know even if you had kids here yes you wouldn't have but a then right if to the be... children are born here then you can you apply for citizenship right. through them okay but for someone with no family or doesn't choose to have kids or right that's it they're out there you can't you can't ever get citizenship oh, no. in taiwan it's odd can you vote no with not without citizenship so even if you married someone who was Taiwanese, nope, no voting you can't vote i know right this is it's strange that, that's sad. i know <laughs> well let's let's hope that changes yes we do hope that changes <laughs> And then we do have a more 
lighthearted story to finish up, finish <laughs> off on. And it's about some statistics that came out from a travel platform. Now they surveyed travelers from 10 countries and they told us what the top three complaints of air travelers are. Michelle, can you take a guess? Uh, seat size. Seat size. Uh-huh. No. No, really, it's not on the list. Okay, I guess my trunk must be bigger than most. <laughs> <laughs> Think about who you're flying with, oh. the other people around. Okay, so, you know, noisy, noisy other yes, passengers, right? Yeah, Children yeah. so or number whatever. three, noisy passengers. Mm-hmm. Number one, rude passengers, especially those that take off their shoes oh, gross. and steal the armrest. <laughs> okay. And number two, delayed flights. All right, yeah, okay. So, um, guys, if you're going to... <laughs> I actually do take my shoes off in a plane, but I do put on socks, like yeah. those big, oh, thick, yeah. cushy socks for traveling. I think if you're in a long-haul flight, mm-hmm. everyone kind Everybody's of... feet swells yeah. because of, you know, you're in there for like 10 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's okay to do that, but please maintain hygiene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... You'd hope... Yeah. People would be self-aware, but then you'd be surprised, right? <laughs> right? Interestingly, for travelers from Taiwan, they had rude and noisy passengers tied as their number one complaint. Interesting. Fly delays were second. And guess what was third? Food. Taiwanese people are foodies, Relating no? to okay. young... Babies? Pe- yes. Babies. They didn't like babies. Okay, you can't... Crying really... babies. Crying babies. That, yeah, so crying uh, yeah. babies. That, I mean, you know what? I'm surprised. I'm surprised about that because I feel like um, everyone here is so like loves little children and loves yeah. children. But I guess no one likes a crying baby. To Nobody be likes a crying baby on a long haul flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but of all people, the, the babies have the most excuse for crying because they don't know what's going on, right? <laughs> Some Taiwanese travelers, they said they find it more manageable to cope with a delay rather than having to contend with noisy babies. Mm. <laughs> I mean, D- during a delay, they can engage in other activities to pass the time. Whereas if the baby's crying, they often find themselves with no alternative. <laughs> you know what? I feel that there. Yeah, feel, we do. You know, I feel worse for the parents though. Wouldn't that be the worst? Like, yeah, you I'm, know your baby is just... I've seen lots of like like posts on the internet about, about new parents contending yeah. this, you know, taking their newborn on a plane and they have made like goodie bags for everybody <gasps> yes, in the cabin. I think I think one went viral. Right? Um, Just like earplugs and chocolate and stuff and yeah. an apology note that says, I'm so sorry, but this is, you know, we have to yeah. take a plane with our child. So. And a lot of people actually commented on that saying that they shouldn't have to do that they should people should just be understanding understanding. like i think it's not an ideal situation for uh anyone but you 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 know you just you will accept it and you just turn up your volume that said when i came back recently to taiwan on my flight oh no was i somehow was sat next to like every small child (laughs) that i was on this flight who were rather noisy but you know what i you tried you power through yeah take a nap if you can exactly <laughs> if, you, if you're not woken up by screaming babies <laughs> right oh i'm my condolences uh, yeah well just you know bring earplugs bring, Th- that's what they recommend generally yes you know say expect the unexpected yeah <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Of course, anytime. And thank you for listening to Hot Stuff. I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.